Welcome back to another episode, everybody. My name's Emery Wolf. Joining me is Nick Clam. Guess I don't. I love the enthusiasm the on that. That sounds great. And we are I'm just scared of clipping. Guys. We were clipping earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And Nick, it has been a while since we've done one of these. Um. And Two actually, or three months. Yeah. And we've had. Uh, I did some stuff with Matt to fill in as well. And uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Two or three months. Why has it taken us this long? Um, laziness, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, easier not to record than to record. It's true. It really is true. And it doesn't help, too. I think both of us have been pretty busy. I know myself, I started, uh, well, we had the Rough Riders going on. I was shooting that. The Pats starting up shooting that. The Rams were going through their stuff shooting that. Um, How'd the Grey Cup go? talk about that in a second calendars so right oh yeah there is the the very last chasing yesterday calendar um one left yeah trying to get a hold of a lady we had a uh giveaway uh we had a giveaway nick on facebook that we had over Mm -hmm. 800 comments on it wow yeah that's mind-boggling uh (laughs) just uh say where you are and you can win a calendar 800 and some people saying gimme 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 yeah basically uh but yeah uh, that's phenomenal um and then the black ice ones are still on sale uh for anybody back home listening i dropped off calendars with my brother this weekend so the the actual store setup is at the lanigan auto palace in lanigan where you can also get your car fixed at the same time yeah quick shout out <laughs> yeah everybody in lanigan yeah hopefully hopefully uh maybe a sponsorship deal will come of that my brother keeps telling me he's, he's so good at selling these things but i guess this is free sponsorship for him hey. there you go i gotta start telling them that with that i told five viewers about his shop <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's an engaged five viewers so yeah um great cup nick that was interesting that was last mm-hmm. night for me uh i feel like i've been drinking all weekend and mm-hmm. playing hockey all weekend i'm tired i'm sore i have a headache <laughs> so yeah that's kind of how it goes um good story was it an extra long call or something for the gray cup or what um, happened there honestly i think it's just like more so standing out in that cold and just having that sort of wear on your body when you're doing that for eight hours straight. Mm-hmm. Um, now, was this, you don't even have to answer it, but I'm curious. Was it one of those ones where if you, because you did it so many times, probably it was just out of worry that it was an eight hour call or was it something that you could have maybe? Um, no, it, it was, it's always, you know, it, it's sort of half and half, right? Like you, it is always too much time. However, those days when you something goes haywire and mm, you actually yeah. need that time, it's worth it. Um, I had one game this yeah. year where I was literally still setting up uh, minutes before kickoff. Yeah. So and so when you do need that time, it's very valuable to have. So your camera is not set up when you get there. So you're having to set up everything right from scratch. Is that kind of the yeah. Yeah. And the day I was having issues, um, we got sent out like part of our rental kit had a, uh, 
like a busted tripod thing. So I'm trying to like Mickey Mouse screw on a handle onto the tripod. We were missing some cables <laughs> yeah. for some other adapters. So we're coming up with ways to deal with that. And just when it, when that yeah, happens and you're running across a stadium. So like, it's not like stuff is just readily available. The, the video room where we process everything out of where I can actually get backup stuff or cables or whatever is on the fourth yeah. floor. <laughs> so you're running halfway around the stadium to get stuff. So, you know, one cable takes yeah. a half hour to fix. Right. And then I guess nobody, it's not like they're checking your camera. The second you get it set up, you're probably having to wait on other people to check your side of thing, make sure your signal's actually getting there, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, right. And, oh man, when there's issues with that, that's even there's and there's nothing you can do about it, and they're just trying to fix it all in the room. So, but yeah, my uh, my Grey Cup story though, Nick, it's it's a beauty. It's one of Emery okay. being dumb, and but it's kind of fun. So, <laughs> uh, all week long, so we had to like apply for some. Everything with Grey Cup was like a little bit off. Everything was late, right? Um, yeah. So we never applied for our accreditation to get like our credentials to walk into Grey Cup until it was a week, week and a half after the due date to actually apply for them was. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So then uh, then the week before, we're supposed to go into the Queensbury and pick up our our things, right? And our parking passes and stuff, right? But I was also busy at work, which we're kicking out like our awards videos. So I had my office. Door That's a shut busy time. I've week. done my fair yeah. share of award shows. Those are always busy. Door shut, editing, not paying yeah. attention to the world. Completely forget about Great Cup. Take off to Saskatoon on Friday. Come back Saturday night and Sunday morning. A friend of mine texts me and she's like, hey, can I... I get a ride home after the game. I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. She's like, yeah, we didn't get our accreditations at all. And we didn't get a parking pass. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> so I'm jumping onto the internet to see if they have some sort of fix for us for that. And, uh, and yeah, sure enough, they did have a, a guy was waiting at Dairy Queen to give out parking passes. And then I had to go, had to meet oh, another guy no. at the stadium to get in. They gave me like a wrist pass thing. So like the, like what, you know, any regular person would wear like a ticket to the game. And yeah. then, uh, so I go in, set up the camera and then I had, cause I had a few spare moments rather than just having to work. I went across and picked up my actual accreditation. So I do have it there. It's on that back wall. All my stuff is hanging <laughs> right there. Nice. Um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty funny that, <laughs> that they were behind and then I was even behind more. So, um, but yeah, the game was good. Did you watch it? No, <laughs> it was, uh, I did watch, uh, Clark's did a TikTok that I saw. Okay. From it. Like he was um, at the great cup. Yeah. He ended up going, I think he was going to sell his tickets. I never did ask him whether he just changed his mind or what happened, but it was uh it was an interesting game i'll say it, it it's funny it completely salvaged itself in like the last 5 minutes of play but like i remember at like the 10 minute mark just thinking like you know please just give winnipeg the ball so they can run the clock out <laughs> and let's end <laughs> this thing and they did for like 2 minutes and all of a sudden there's 7 minutes left and 
you know, there's a new quarterback in and I'm like, all hope is lost. Let's just run this clock and get out. And then uh, I don't think we've seen a block kick at that stadium in like since before COVID. And uh, yeah, all of a sudden back to back block kicks. That was crazy. Incredible. Yeah. And quite frankly, nothing makes me happier than seeing all those Winnipeg fans in the crowd holding up their <laughs> signs that said three Pete on them. Yeah. And then they lose and don't get that three Pete. Was, was was it packed out? Uh like was the arena full? Yeah. Um it wasn't bad, I'd say about three quarters. Okay. Cause yeah, Winnipeg would have been good for that for capacity anyway. Yeah. Way if it would have been like it, it was basically a home game for them. Like when Toronto comes yeah. out there, you could hear the booze, it was audible. And when Winnipeg nice. did anything, the cheers were clearly louder. Well, that's good because, yeah, if it would have been BC versus Toronto, it would have been nobody there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nick, there's been so much that's happened too. I don't know, too, that right there, that thing. Yeah. That's my new flick film, Water Bath. Oh, nice. Oh, it came. Yeah. Good. So, have not used that yet, but got to get on that. I, I actually got to shoot a roll of film before I can actually develop it. So, I think I got 15 photos left to take. Um, on this guy right in front of me, Nick. Yeah. You haven't even noticed that it looks way different. You got a light? Is that what's going on? <laughs> no. Whole new lens. Oh, that's uh, which lens is that? That is the RF 15 to 35. Ooh. I think that's what it is. 2.8. Um, Don's had a bit of a sale on it. There's $300 off on the lens. I've yeah. never seen seen them with that before. So I'm like, I was saving up the money to basically buy it on Boxing Day sales. And mm-hmm. uh, so I kind of had the money anyways and was like, ah, a month early. Yeah, it's. It's all going to be the same anyway, so I'll just get it now. Get it over with. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. So what's it set to right now? Like for its F-stop? Mm-hmm. 2.8. 2.8, nice. It's tracking you pretty good. Autofocus, following my mind. Yeah. That's really nice. I uh, have not done a whole pile of shooting with it. There's a few things that actually kind of su- the size of it surprised me a little bit. Like I thought it was going to be a Small? little bit smaller. Um, but it's oh, it's big. Yeah, it's bigger than I thought, but it's way lighter than I think the old sixteen to thirty-five. Um, so I'm assuming that's probably just that like weird engineering plastic that they're using. But yeah, no, it seems nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to actually take it out and do something. I think Susan and I are going to plan a little trip to do a Christmas post in December, so that'll probably be its its first run. Have you guys gone outside of Saskatchewan? Yes and no. Uh, we have, okay. but just very slightly into Alberta and very slightly into Manitoba. Okay. So we've done, uh, we did, so we did two trips each to the farthest edges of Highway 13 when we started. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not a whole pile in Alberta. So there was like some landscapey stuff shot and then like the highway 13 sign that were actually done in Alberta. Um, but then Manitoba has tons of stuff just within that border, just off the highway. Uh, so we did stuff like, uh, I want to say it's 
Elvira or something like that is the name of the town. They had one of the oldest grain elevators in Canada that we took photos of and it burnt down like two years ago. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So stuff like that. Have you done, this is another goofy idea. Uh, well, the first one wasn't a goofy idea to travel. Yeah, that's mind blown. <laughs> um, uh, city stuff, like a place like Moose Jaw has got a bunch of old crap and stuff like that. We haven't done city stuff, but I, I'm going to say we've done some like bigger town stuff. Um, like uh, there is a heritage train that goes through Waka that we photographed with the Waka elevators and stuff like that. <clears throat> um, in a few other larger towns like that, I think that's probably where we would stick. Uh, but I agree with you. Moose Jaw is great. There is a ton of stuff there. Um, I just don't think I would put it on chasing yesterday. I would shoot it and put it on like black ice. Yeah. Why let 30,000 people see it when Yeah, seven people can see it? It's for my own enjoyment. Um, yeah. Anyways, Nick, we've talked a lot about me. I know there's been yeah, we some, got nine some... and a half minutes left. Yeah, I know there's <laughs> I know there's been a, a bunch of new stuff with you. What's been going on? Well, some of the stuff got canceled. So there was some shipping things and we ended up canceling the the camera. So I'm just sticking with the single camera. So that that deal was off. Oh, so you didn't buy the second C200? Didn't, didn't end up buying it. No, hmm. kind of fell through. So I think it's for the best. Yeah, it's probably good. You should probably just get like an R5. Well, the R R5C would be the one. Yeah. Um, I, I believe they are supposed to be coming out with more uh, cinema cameras in the R line here right away. At least yeah. That's um, what Canon Rumors says. Yeah. It's tricky. The thing that I really like about the R5C is the stills capability plus um, the cinema camera. Because right now, I, I know it sounds silly, but it is a bit of a pain having two different bodies, like two different style of batteries, two different everything. Uh, I'm just not liking it. Even though I wouldn't be able to get very much for it, I think I might end up getting rid of my 1DC anyway. Uh, does the 1DC... I think it's a different battery anyways, but does it use the same battery as like the Mark 5D Mark IV? No, no, it's the LPE4, I believe. So oh, okay. it's the 1DX uh, Mark One, but I don't think that it's even. It might be compatible with the Mark II, but it's not the advanced battery that the Mark II has. Yeah, so you might end up having to sell it all anyways, get rid of it all. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it would be worth that much anymore. Maybe five hundred bucks, something like that. Um, um you... keeping in line with everything else, yeah, my Kijiji page has got a lot of items on it right now. What are y'all selling? I'm selling the uh oh yeah. I'm selling this guy. Feel the like I Sony. Travel. I don't even isn't that the one you just bought? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What is it? The ZV one? Why are you selling it already? Well, uh, so I ended up Ruth. I ended up buying her another DJI Osmo action camera because this camera was just a bit too advanced for her. 
Oh, okay. It just had too much stuff. too much stuff. And it was too tricky to shoot with. And the other camera you turn it on and you hit record. And then you hit a different button, you can take a still. And that's about all it is. Yeah. So uh so would you are you gonna plug your Kijiji page? Like Kijiji slash nicklam.com or Oh I wish you could do that. I <laughs> I need to get my own URL to that. <laughs> No, and then I'm selling my mom's uh, Sony A6000. It's a nice camera. With Yeah, with uh, 50 mil lens, 1.8. Why is she getting rid of that? Uh, a similar kind of thing. She just, it's it's like too much camera, too heavy. She doesn't know what any of the buttons do. And it's just too too much too heavy is interesting. Wow, it's not too heavy. It's uh, I, I, it's honestly this is that's you're a problem, gonna hate though, this right? answer. Go on. It the, her phone does a really good job now. She yeah. got a new phone. No, I buy it. Actually, uh, going into this, like too heavy is like a legitimate thing. Um, so that's when I'm saying like this lens is surprising that it's so big. Um, mm. Thankfully, it's not too well it is heavy but it's not that heavy it'll be fine for my purposes but at the same time i'm also thinking like you know if i go on a trip to say france and i want to take lenses with me do Mm -hmm. i want to take my current lenses and the answer is probably no i could use the same camera that would be fine but it would be nice to really pare down the lenses so i've been looking at the small um the little stm pancake lenses that they make for them uh, going through ratings with them, they. I'm not going to say they're the greatest, but they look pretty decent for what they are, which would be good enough for some vacation photography. And if you get lucky somewhere, right? Um, I hope. Okay, I'm going to try to find a picture of me with my old travel setup that I used to take with me everywhere. Uh, do you remember? This is like old man on his porch story time, but do you remember when? the dslrs when you used to click the shutter but when the mirror would click on the older cameras because they didn't have enough i don't know what it was whether it wasn't enough megapixels or technology hadn't worked itself out yet but that little bit of shake when you were handheld um the the picture wasn't as sharp so what they would do is they would do the mirror lockup do you remember that where you yeah you'd click it once your mirror would lock and then you couldn't see through the viewfinder anymore. And then you click it again, and your images would be a lot more sharp. Yeah. So, whenever we go on vacation, because the I, when the images weren't that sharp, it would drive me crazy. So I'd always take a tripod with me and my camera. So everywhere we went, I'd have this little tripod about that big that I carry on as my carry on with, but like, I wasn't, this is not professional work I was doing. I was just t- taking photos of like scenery and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Tourist photos. And everywhere we go, I'd have my stupid tripod and Janice would get so annoyed. Like, why well, do you have to take that tripod everywhere we go? <laughs> yeah. I have that tripod as well. <laughs> <laughs> but it made a big difference. I used to AB the images and I take it without the mirror lockup, and then with the mirror lockup, and then when you do that mirror lockup trick, you can get really nice images out of those older DSLRs. But it didn't look that good when you didn't do that. Yeah, 
Um, speaking of size and lightweight as well, one other thing I want to bring up, uh, my thought for work, I've no, I've ran past you before, like, Hey, Nick, do you think these would be good lenses for our office to buy? And you've mm-hmm. been like, yeah, and we've sort of gone back and forth. I've had a completely change of plan and hmm. it started with this year. So it's the Ooh. iPhone 13 mini. Um, yeah. But the thing it has is that ultra wide on it. Yeah. And which I've used that for thumbnails a lot. Yeah. Right. The other thing it has is stabilization. So I was shooting these award videos and I wanted to do B roll of these offices and stuff, but like B roll of things not moving isn't really fun. Mm-hmm. It's not that engaging. I mean, you can roll the focus or something, but yay. Uh, yeah. So it just dawned on me, like, why am I not using my iPhone? So I went full Matt Howard, did all my B-roll on the iPhone. Does it match up perfectly with the interviews? No. But is it good enough? Yes. And I think that's going to be my solution. I'm going to put all our money into a portrait lens so we can do headshots for staff and board and whatever else. And uh, good telephoto zoom because that's the thing that the phone can't do. Yeah. And then use yeah. the phone for everything else. I need a wide shot phone. Yeah, no, I don't hate that. I've actually gone in. Uh, I'm not going to name any of the businesses or corporations, but I've gone in and just done iPhone shoots for them because uh, or like to help train up their staff and stuff to get them rolling with it because that's the direction they want to go. So and when they're when you come great. in there, are they like, hey, what phone are you using for Leroy and Leroy? <laughs> No, I don't use the phone. I'm not <laughs> and then you tell phone. them I'm using an $8,000 camera and they're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, we've tried. So I, I noticed the difference because we've tried, we shot some stuff on that little Sony uh, when we were down in the States, we've shot some stuff on phones and gimbals. Uh, it doesn't look know. as good. There's something about when I shoot it on the nice camera, it pops and it stands out on your feed, and I think it's worth it. That's fair. We are about to get cut off. Um, which, so <laughs> well, that's if, all we got time if for. If anybody wants to be a sponsor <laughs> so that we could at least pay for a non-free version of Zoom, and we could actually just do this in one take, that would be great. Come uh, back next week for the actual show. That's all the time we've got. Yeah. But uh, we're going to jump off, we're going to come back on the other side, and we're going to discuss a video by one of the guys that you're a big fan of. What we're jumping into next is uh, Sam Colder, uh, Cold with a K on YouTube, if you check him out, uh, did a video called uh, 10 Video Editing Tips I Wish I Knew Earlier On in My Career. Um, Unbelievable video. Yeah, you had sent this to me. It's kind of interesting. Let's rip through this thing. Uh, So his very first tip was to get a larger monitor. Nick, why does that help you out? Well, this, I have to admit, this was the part where I was like, because I like watching his videos and I was kind of thinking, hey, I'll tell you when I started getting interested in it, but getting a large monitor, that's just a no brainer. Um, But, but. Uh, I like not being restricted to just using a large monitor because I do a lot of editing on the road from hotel room. 
um, without even hooking up to the main TV or something like that straight from my laptop. So are you using your laptop as your main machine? And then do you have a monitor hooked up to it? Yes. That's how I operate. And so do you use the two monitors or just one? So I've got a different, so I got three different setups. I've got a setup where I use, and in Premiere, I've kind of got a shortcut to it where it'll, it'll go, okay, I'm at home where I've got my my two monitors. So I've basically got three monitors set up and then I've got my two monitor set up where I've got my, by three monitors, I mean my laptop and then two externals. And then I've got my laptop and one external set up and then just my laptop set up. But um, I like being able to use kind of quick keys to just navigate your way around my editing setup so I can just use my laptop and it doesn't feel too restricting. Um, I like the more monitors, but I like the idea of not being too limited by that. Yeah. Cause I felt that way before where I've been on the road and I'm like, ah, oh, I can't edit this cause I'm, I don't have my setup, but, um, I don't think that's a good way to operate from. Yeah. Even him, he Kohler himself says that, uh, he prefers three, Two is okay, prefers three, uh, but whatever. I use an iMac, so I've got one screen. That's it. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, for me, the little things I'm doing, and because I do more photo editing, one screen, large screen is nice so that I can actually see some more detail in it, and that's probably good enough for me. Uh, now, with that said, I want my next computer to be a laptop and then I would have an additional monitor on my desktop that I would plug into it like yours, but I'd probably still only one monitor run it. Um, The other thing too, that I would say about one monitor is I think in the future, more and more things are going to be mobile unless you are doing some crazy disgusting sort of, you know, AK video editing a hundred percent of the time. And you can pay a full-time editor to sit at home and edit that video. Then you'll probably want like two larger monitors at the very least. Right. But I, I think even that's going to go the way of the Dodo bird. Um, so mobile and one might be the future and the programs are sort of set up to be that way. Yeah, there's actually, that's an interesting thing. And I've kind of slept on this where I haven't done it. Um, but being able to edit a video straight off of my phone or an iPad might not be a bad idea to learn how to do that. Yeah, probably a very good idea. Virtual desktops. That was his second one. Do you use them? I do, but I never remember. So I have them (laughs) set up, but I just don't use them. Yeah, I just don't use them either. Um, I remember trying to go through it and thinking it was a good idea. And then again, I'm going to say it's because I am a small time person that's why it's not as valuable to me i just don't use it often enough i don't make good use out of it it doesn't really pay off for me but again if you're working like him it's probably worth your time yeah and he does uh because i bounce back and forth so mine's weird because i'll do a 10 minute project and then i'll edit 30 14 second videos and then a two minute video. So yeah, I don't know when I'm doing a bunch of 12 second ones. It doesn't seem to really matter to me, but maybe I should become more efficient with that. That might help. Yeah. Um, 
his next one is utilize the finder sidebar. This was kind of the first one I've known about this. I've never, I shouldn't say I've never done it. I've actually done it. But then when I went back in and looked at my sidebar after this is also, I think more of a Mac thing as well, because I'm not too sure how you actually do that in windows, but um, yeah. anyways, I got out of it. And now I just want to see like my hard drive in that finder so that I can find anything through it. Uh, again, I think it's because I'm not doing nearly as much as him. Now, did he have it pinned? I'm trying to remember. Did he have it on the left-hand side of the screen or was it? Uh, what I was, was just he doing so, that was so different with it? Anytime you would open up finder, all he did was take, like, say you had a video file that you're, you know, Leroy and Leroy year yeah. two that you were using constantly, he would just drag that into the sidebar of Finder. Oh, and it into would his stay favorites. there so that you can just keep going yeah, to that yeah. folder okay. automatically. And it That's doesn't really smart. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and it doesn't matter where that folder exists, right? You can still drag it into that sidebar and it becomes quicker for you. Yeah. Um, my foldering structure too does not really cater to that either because I would be constantly I'd probably spend more time changing my sidebar than uh, <laughs> than anything else yeah um, you got a pretty n structured and efficient uh folder setup yeah his next tip is quickly rename exports i don't even remember what that one is so and i guess i wasn't felt like a no-brainer because you just click on so what he's basically saying is once you've exported one video you click on it and then it renames your whole video to the old video. And then you can just put like a one, an underscore oh, yeah, yeah, one yeah. beside it, yeah. underscore two. I think everybody does that, but maybe not. if you didn't, yeah. hadn't done it before, then yeah, it'd be a great tip. It's hilarious that I forgot it because that is literally what I do almost every single time. Yeah. Um, his next one, get to really know your footage. I think this one is a weird understated one that, it's mind boggling that I don't think a lot of people do that. I think people try to take shortcuts and mm -hmm. it's not something I do. I remember going back to even to when I was shooting wedding videos, like I watched every inch of frame and made sure that I knew it basically inside and out so that, you know, if I was like, Oh, where's that shot for this? This would be perfect here. Now he, uh, his videos, in my opinion, his editing is, almost on another level and him giving that tip of getting to know your footage. So basically what he did was he would pick out his best bits, take them out of his timeline and put them on beside a timeline beside it or, or just move it over. And then he'd take those best bits and he'd refine those down even more and he'd refine them down even more. So essentially he'd have out of two or three hours of footage, he'd have two or three minutes of his best stuff. And then he just keep refining it depending on how much B roll he would need. But you could tell when you watch his videos, because almost every piece of B roll that he's got is like one of those shots that you just go, Oh wow. Yeah. That's stunning stuff. Yeah. Um, do you actually do that? What he was doing with refining that timeline? Again, it depends on the project. So if I've, if I haven't shot anything like this in a while, but when I would shoot, so that awards show that you were talking about, if I was shooting a highlight video of an awards show of the actual awards event, I've done that before where I've taken the footage and refined it down from that. 
Um, I feel like a lot of the stuff I shoot now is like, okay, I get, I'm going to get this B-roll shot and that B-roll shot and this B-roll shot. So I'm not shooting as much stuff, but he's doing more adventure and travel and stuff where really refining your B-roll would make a ton of sense. Yeah. It's <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. It's funny that he brought this up because it was actually something I was thinking of showing you because I was editing our award stuff for this last week and I do that. So I would take the interview first pass, cut out my voice out of everything. So it's just theirs, copy yeah. it, paste it, go through that, refine yeah. it down. If mostly it's like a deleting process. If I'm kind of like stumped on something or I like something, I'll copy and paste it again. Yeah. Lots of times I'll go into that third generation of it, even fourth or fifths. And just slowly yeah. weed it down until it, it gets to where I want. And then it doesn't matter. I set in and outs and export on in and outs. Yeah, I, I love that. See, now I'm weird. I, I do it all the time. And that no, I was literally it's... thinking of being like, hey, Nick, do you do this? Because I'm like, I'm not sure how many people do this because it kind of makes a mess of the timeline. But at the same time, it works so much better. Yeah. I'll do it to a certain degree. It depends on how recently I edit from my sh when I shot. Because if I shot something three or four days ago, I've got a really, really good memory for what I just shot. And I don't know if you do this, but I basically, I've almost already edited 90% of the video in my head, like on the drive home and over the next couple of days, so that when I get into it, I kind of know all of the stuff that I'm going to throw there. But then the thing I like about the thing that'll mess me up is then to get that last 10%, I've got to watch it. <laughs> if I did it your way to start with, I think it would probably save time in the long run. Yeah. Um, actually too, I think that like causes some problems, right? Cause I do the same thing. Uh, so perfect example, again, the last award video, award video we did, the lady was talking about her family that's what I thought it was going to be about, about her bringing safety home and treating, you know, her, the people at work and her family the same way. Mm -hmm. That's how I thought the video was going to go. But as I refined it, and like I said, I'm, I'm deleting the parts, like this is just garbage. I can't use this, whatever it is, blah, 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 blah. And I get down and then I only have such a small section of that. And so in my third iteration, that's when I finally made the cut of the family and lo and behold, it's the better video. Nice. Um, yeah. So it's an interesting tactic. I've always done it. I never really thought much of it. I like it. I do it. Yeah. There you go. Smart. Um, this next one, use smart bins. Do you use smart bins? I don't even remember what smart bins are. So uh, I would and say no. It's like just a different way of organizing things. Final Cut Pro basically has it built in. Uh, it kind of annoys me a little bit, but I, I kind of just got past Is it my... auto importing footage. Is that what he's referring to with that? I don't even remember. No, it's like auto categorizing. Okay. And then too, I think he touched on like that. You can, uh, you can basically make your own bin. Like say you have everything in one place and you want to automatically take all your B-roll footage. You can like categorize it and put it into its own bin. Yeah, I'll edit with different bins and stuff like that, but probably yeah. just a little different way. Yeah. Anyways, again, Final Cut Pro does it. It kind of annoys me, 
but again, I could sort of see how that might help someone out. Um, his next one. I don't even know what to say about this one. <laughs> you were <laughs> mad at this one, weren't you? <laughs> I know that. Edit off SSDs. Now, here's the thing. He goes through this, and then the last half of it is a ad for an SSD company, which makes me think it was kind of just thrown in there for that. <laughs> but, However, smart. I will say this about hard drives. I run my iMac, and then I have my Drobo. Mm -hmm. My Drobo is a fast unit. I can edit video off there. But do you know what's faster? My iMac, because it's local. Um, so that's sort of the point of it. My Drobo even has like an S SSD cartridge in it to speed it up so that it can be faster. Is it as fast as an SSD? No. But what's in my iMac is more than fast enough and more than handles it. And I don't, I think that's kind of bad advice. I think it was to get the ad in. I'll give them a pass. But I don't know. What do you think of that, Nick? No, I, well, so since my Drobo crashed, I bought an SSD and now I edit off an SSD. And it was silly that I was trying to edit off the Drobo with the SSD boost or whatever. It was different level straight off the, SSD. Yeah. Love it. You you never ever edited it off your local machine. No, which is a mistake. Yeah, that seems mind boggling to me. Yeah, I am shocked yeah. at that, Nick. Yeah. Wow. No, I was I'd always edit straight off the Drobo. Wow. Yeah. No, my Drobo is essentially network storage at the end of the day. So any yeah. any finalized thing goes to Drobo, and then it's backed up and yada yada yada. Mine's paperweight that I should just throw out at this point. <laughs> um, his next one, custom shortcuts. Uh, I think this is one of the ones both of us were very like, wow, that's yeah. a great idea. So he runs through a bunch of custom shortcuts. He's got a thing he sells for it. I'm sure they're fantastic. But then he does give away this QWE and 123 shortcuts. What do you think of those, Nick? This was why I shared the video. This is why I sent it to you. <laughs> so maybe, maybe to explain it first. So what he does is he programs his QWE buttons as a, do you remember what they're? So, yeah. So basically what he's doing is he's taking essentially his blade tool and he's putting it in the middle. There's his W. So that's what he'll use to splice at his playhead, cut at his playhead. But then instead of using that, that's like his backup method. So Q, and if you think of Q as to the left and E as to the right, so Q, wherever his playhead is, it'll take the clip and it'll delete it and back it right up to the previous clip. Right. But if he splices it with E, it deletes it and butts it right up with the forward clip. Right. Which and is then... like, it's so the way that I do it or previously did it was I'd hit C. And then I'd have to hit V. So C would cut it, V, and then I'd click and delete it. And then if I was being quick, I would hit Apple delete, which would auto delete it back or auto delete it forward. This is just such a fast way of doing it. It's the ripple delete, but it's making the ripple delete make sense. 
Yeah. And then the one, two, three is all in the play function. So two is play like hitting your space bar. One is to play it in reverse. Three is to play it forward. You can double tap your three to play and yeah. fast forward and yada, yada. But I'm um, sure that you did that with different keys. Like I do that with different keys, but to set them right beside your QWE, one, two, three, out moving your hand, it's just all... Yeah. And, really smart. and his other big thing too is like, so he's basically doing the majority of his editing on one hand. And then his other hand that would be on his mouse is free to do other things that, you know, can help speed you up as well. Instead of using your mouse to try and move things back and forth. Or like the other principle is, is that your hand, one hand's always on the mouse. The other hand is always on that left side of your keyboard. And that's what you're using the majority of the time. It's smart. Very smart. Uh, you said you have programmed your keys. Um, so I had my own similar to Premiere's original program, but I'd fine tune some stuff. Um, my favorite thing that I did, which I don't do anymore because I got annoyed at Adobe because it didn't carry over my previous things, was I'd had my one, two, three, four set up where I would go through all my footage and I would like grade my shots. One would be like keeping it for sure. Two would be maybe three would be uh, if it really, <laughs> really gets down to the bottom and I need some B-roll Four would be like delete it right now. Yeah. Um, one other thing I will maybe just bring up and show, but I use this for years. Yeah. So it's yeah. a Final Cut Pro. I don't even know skin, I guess, for your keyboard. Uh, Training wheels. Yep. <laughs> I, I, no, I still <laughs> it, it really is honestly i feel like it's the best way to learn because you'll look down and it like, is oh, a yeah, that fantastic that. way to learn and um, i'm laughing at you but i had that when i first uh started getting into editing again i had one set up for my keyboard too yeah. so it's it's Just funny kinda... like so at home i keep it here and i use it and then at work i don't have one so like i know it anyways but i still keep it because yeah. it's still like just like what is that thing again oh yeah <laughs> yeah it, it is cool to just go okay that's what that button does over there yeah it's yeah. kind of neat it is um his next thing actually before i go on to his next thing i want to say this is probably this tip he gave out the qwe one two three is probably the thing we like the most i that will was... probably try to implement it at some point in time i already have my... i programmed it into my computer it's great i love it Perfect. Um, so the next one is the the trim mode. Um, that is I the just, one. I asked you what this was, and I already forgot. What did he mean by <laughs> trim mode again? So that's the one. Like, so say you've got your timeline set up. This is the full timeline. You've got a clip in the middle that is three seconds long, and it has to stay three seconds long because say you got your music time. Oh to yeah, it or whatever. The music or something then, like that. But it needs like a shift over or something. You can go into this trim mode. He programs a button for it, taps the button, and then he can just sort of drag it and it'll shift within yeah. that space, your clip over and back without any real edits. Um, Which is brilliant because I would click on it, drag it up above, find a free timeline, stretch it out, mess around. He'd already have it edited. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, again, it used to be. It used to be something, I think it was in Final Cut where I seen it all the time and was doing it, but then I like forgot how to do it and then yeah. I need to get it back. And it was easy to do because it was it was genius. 
Um, his next one, shortcuts to program panels. Uh, that is his way to hide stuff. So like, say he just wants his monitor up. Yeah. I, that I'm, for DaVinci will be amazing because I have that kind of in Premiere, you just click on the thing and then you click a button and it'll zoom it out. But having it set up for different modes, I think would be nice for DaVinci. Yeah. I, I think, um, again, if you're doing a lot, probably something that's useful. I think for a guy like me, again, it's probably not that valuable to me because nothing I'd be doing would be that big. Um, I'm guessing, though. <laughs> yeah, although editing editing an entire award show, I'm betting that you're putting in, boy, a few hundred hours of editing for that thing. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, his next one, get a gaming mouse. I've heard this one before because I've watched a lot of colorist videos and they all talk about the gaming mouse and the different setups and stuff like that. Um, I'm part Scottish, so I haven't got one yet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little bit too cheap at this point, but I'll get one. Are are you allowed to say that? I'm probably I'm part Scottish. (laughs) I'm allowed to say that. Um, You're not allowed to say it. You're not yeah. part Scottish. Um, My family. Here's here's the thing with that, Nick. I am a big fan of the Apple trackpad. And to be very specific, the Apple trackpad. And I realize if you are not using Apple, that is useless to you. And all other trackpads are actually useless to you. I do not know why the Microsoft world does not copy the Apple trackpad. It mm-hmm. is heads and tails beyond anything else out there um his explanation his thing was like this close to making me consider changing my mind so yeah i wanted a little more detail of what he was doing like how he set up each one of the buttons because i think the point is is that you could set it up as anything you wanted right yeah Uh, Yeah, which is kind of nice personally i like the gestures on the trackpad. So like even just scrolling through my timeline, I'll use Mm -hmm. my gestures for that. And it speeds it up like tenfold. It's such a stupid little thing. Or when I want to get really fine and cut down to the audio, boop, and then back out to where I am. It's, it's pretty good. And that's how he's using the gaming mouse as well. Um, I don't think I would change, but I think it is a good recommendation. I feel like people should know that as well but yeah that wasn't it really it, it was such a good video because it was so short and it covered so much ground like we've somehow managed to take his short video and make it five times longer than he did it <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're good at and not give as much information we've made it longer <laughs> and told you less <laughs> worth worth everybody's time i mean you should, you should probably watch our video before you watch colder's just just to be safe, but um, anyways, his, his last uh, tip on here, Nick, is an interesting one. Uh, you mentioned yeah. it before about uh, you know using the shortcut panels in DaVinci would be really great. He edits in DaVinci, and his last thing is to switch to DaVinci Resolve, yeah. um, which is interesting. What do so you think? So his about it? reasoning, I. Think. I think what he said was 
it's got all the color capabilities it's got all the audio capabilities and now it's got all the editing capabilities so just makes sense he yeah. felt like he could do more in resolve than he could in the other programs so. i think you can't like when you break down if you were to pay for the studio version and yeah. everything that Which i you, have you get in it it's i think you do get more out of it than you would premiere or definitely final cut um with that said there are some tips on here that he did give out i use final cut and premiere um so final cut at home premiere at work uh final cut does use does do some of that stuff automatically yeah. uh like the uh rip up delete things which speeds you up. I've talked to you before about that, like how everything in Final Cut is meant to speed you up as long as you follow its system. Um, And it does work. Uh, There's a few of the other tips which come into Final Cut. I mentioned those uh, smart bins as well and stuff like that. Um, Now, let's talk about DaVinci. You use it. Most people get into it for color. Mm -hmm. That's Um, what I use it for. Yeah. And it's free, right? When you if you just wanted the color application, it's also you free. You could download it tonight. Totally yeah. free. Um now the reason people use it is because it's a better color grader. Do you wanna talk about that? Actually, do you wanna show us? I that? can if you want here. Yeah. How do I share my screen? Let's see. Host disabled participant from sharing. <laughs> here. I'll enable that for you apparently. Um okay. Talk about your process of doing it. Like, where where do you here, start so, when you make a video? I will. Here, let me just bring it up. So basically, when I shoot a video, the first thing I do, um, there's been a lot of videos done on round tripping and where you'll uh, edit in Premiere and then you'll send the file back to Resolve and use it to color and then you'll send it back to Premiere and you'll export it off of the original files um i actually don't do that um i've it just seemed a little bit too complicated a little too complex for what i was doing so um here i can show you exactly kind of what i would do yeah i think you can share your screen now so here we go so i mean can you see resolve here yep so basically how resolve so again, I'm not a Resolve expert, but it's kind of in groups here. So it's got, uh, this is kind of your media panel down at the left. There's a little speed edit, and then there's, there's your actual editor. And then you've got your effects, your color, your audio, and your exports. So basically, you get your footage in here. You have to drag it into your your media bins there. And then you take that footage, drag it onto your timeline. And then you can edit, but then once you've got it on your timeline here, um, here, I'm just going to have to slide some windows around. Once you've got it on your timeline here, they call them nodes. So you got your different nodes. Um, so this is my raw footage. This is a, a Leroy and Leroy commercial we filmed a while ago. So what I would do is I would take, I'd find a spot. So we'll just find any spot in here. I'm not editing off an SSD, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. This is this is your raw footage from your C200 This is as well, my right? raw footage right from the C200. So basically, the first thing that I would do 
in here and apparently it's kind of like layers if you think of your nodes so your first uh node would be your first layer in photoshop so this would be the the back layer essentially um so i would go in here i would go into my noise reduction how i do it my, my luma's two chroma's ten i'll do that for almost every footage so now the nice thing is, is i can turn that node on and off quite easily oh we've only got 10 minutes so i gotta hustle up um and then because i'm shooting in raw i can go to clip here and i can actually change all of my stuff here so i can pull some of my highlights down chuck some and, shadows and up. that's still done in the same node yeah so i'll typically do that um that kind of stuff right in my first node there and then what I'll do is I'll go and I'll add a node. I've got a shortcut for all this. So I haven't done this in a while, to be completely honest with I'm, you. I'm surprised you wouldn't separate paste. like noise reduction out from it. Well, so I, I probably should. Um, but that's, uh, I think that the, the camera raw stuff happens right at the beginning. But I don't know. I could be totally wrong with that. But then what I'll do is with my last node is the last node is where I'll put my lot. So I'll go in, I'll grab my LUT. Um, I don't use the C200 LUT. I use the Arial Exa LUT. I just like the way it it looks with uh, the C200 a little bit more. My own personal preference. Have you ever thought of making uh, a custom LUT? Uh, I basically have with this. So what I'll do, uh, I'm pretty aggressive with this, more so than most people. Uh to be honest, a lot of times I'll even shoot with my highlights like negative 100, like a crazy a crazy number with that. And I'll bring up a little bit of shadows. I know that sounds ridiculous, but um, uh, I'm, I'll, I'll bring the stuff back up later. And I, I just like the way it looks with the C200. It seems, seems a little nuts, but it comes up with a nice look at the end. And then, so then you can go in here you can just change your, uh, you kind of keep track of your labels a bit. My next one that I'll do is exposure. I like to expose, so you can expose with your different, uh, with your lift gamma gain offset there, but I actually like to expose with my curve. Um, I don't know why, but that's just how I like to do it. Often I'll bring that up. This is just stuff for the C200 more so than other cameras, but I, I like to, uh, this is that look we were talking about, how we it's a little bit more washed out. Mm -hmm. So I'll I'll bring this up to kind of expand my uh my shadows a little bit more there. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, ah, it's getting a little washed out, it's getting a little whatever, but but wait for it, it'll come back. Then you just make another so these nodes are just basically layers. And then I'll just go in, make my white balance. You can I don't know. You could just grab. You've got a little picker there. You can grab it. Um, if I wanted to be really fancy, I'd go back here into my raw and adjust my white balance from the raw. But if you wanted to be not as fancy, do it from there. Turn it on and off. See what you've done. Yeah. So the other thing I, I want to point out that I'm noticing is a big difference. Your scopes at the bottom, uh, quite a bit larger of a panel for that. It seems like you're getting a lot, of, a lot more detail out of it. Like when I seen the scopes change on your noise reduction, I was like, whoa, I didn't expect yeah. it to actually even do that. 
Uh, and this is what why I paid for the DaVinci Resolve noise reduction because the C200 and almost any cinema camera doesn't have the same. You can't gain up. So if you're shooting a DSLR, you can shoot 2,000. Doesn't matter. You don't even notice it. But if I shoot past, even if I shoot 800, it gets really noisy, and you kind of want to um, reduce your your noise a little bit. And it and it works so nice. So here i've just made one that says look and then this is my saturation now this is what i like this is one of my biggest tricks or whatever you could steal from me but it it just makes such a nice look so i'll go into my saturation here i'll take my red channel crank it my green channel crank it my blue channel crank it and i like the way that that saturated my image more than just going in here and cranking up my uh my saturation uh knob but now you're also thinking wow but how do you control that so you go over to your key output this key output so there i can essentially now i've got full control over my saturation that i've added so all that saturation that i've added i can just kind of dial it into whatever i want you know 75 percent that's essentially like your opacity of the effect right. is what that's doing um now I'll go back into my my look which is essentially my curve and then you can add your a little bit more contrast if you want to bring the contrast back I would then go back to my white balance I warmed it up a bit too much take a look at how it was happening wide go into the tight you know all that kind of stuff and now this is what makes DaVinci Resolve really cool this next bit here um so i'm in let me just find spot because i'm not editing off the ssd <laughs> um if i can get back to that clip i don't remember where i was in the clip where he was in tight somewhere in there so whoops was it in back here i can't remember where he was in tight it looked like it was at that end bit the end bit okay um so if i go in there but the next thing you can do is uh, I'll just make another node. And uh, on here, the DaVinci Resolve's got power windows, which is essentially just you're creating um, areas, vignettes, essentially. So I'll go in, throw a, a vignette on there, go into here, reduce my exposure of the images around it and then you can kind of see what it's doing what it's doing there and then if we wanted to get into it we could actually track him right and then the the vignette or power window would track him hmm. interesting but yeah so that's essentially all of the steps so we basically took it from this, which was the basic lot that we would have chucked on it and just walked away, bringing in a couple of these things. Pretty nice look. Yeah, that's pretty slick. Uh, I like how it works. It's something uh, most people are actually doing. I'm going to share my screen for a second. Hopefully my buttons start working. I think the other big thing with DaVinci 
is the cost. Um, so this mm-hmm. is sort of a breakdown. Yeah, this is the best part right here of costs. So at the top there, I've got a couple different versions of Adobe Creative Cloud. Uh, what you would be paying for their entire product line is at seventy-two <laughs> a month, typically, or thirty-nine a month on the Black Friday if you get that by Friday, or yeah, last Friday whenever we release this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If and, you wait a year and then wait till next Black Friday, boom. Yeah. Which so like their numbers don't seem that bad for what it is. Or if you want like a single app, uh, you know, Premiere Pro, or if you just want the Adobe photography stuff, uh, the photography is technically two apps, it's Photoshop and Lightroom, or you could just buy Photoshop or Lightroom for more money. Don't know why. Um, Then when you look at Final Cut Pro, it's just a yearly cost of 300. And that is good for you. I've never paid a penny more. DaVinci, we talked about it being free. Yeah. Uh, which it is free. And I think you can do most of your stuff for free. But if you want to get a few extra little perks of the family of the DaVinci products, uh, again, just like Apple 295, it is actually the cheapest one on the market. And it probably gives you more than what the <laughs> Adobe CC package gives you for video. Um, that's the other thing too. CC gives you more than just video is maybe something mm-hmm. to be aware of. That's why we use it at work. And yeah. then at home, I use Final Cut Pro in the Adobe Photography. Again, just so that you can see how much cheaper those costs are, especially built out over time. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyways, Nick, I think, that probably wraps it up for us for the show. Plus, we're going to get cut off for a second time. So again, still looking for <laughs> that ridiculous. sponsorship. We got to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that's a sweet uh, spreadsheet, though. It just makes it like, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. I think that's all. That's it. Have a good night, everybody. Good seeing you, Emery. Yeah, you do. Back to the Future next episode. I saw part one the other day. Nice. Awesome. I'm watching a show called (laughs) Mr. Harrington's Phone. It's interesting. Ooh. I'll uh, I'll have to tell you after we're done recording. Oh. Did you get fired? I... No. (laughs) Ha 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 ha